Happy Tuesday! My name is Alan. My name is Nick. And welcome into the dungeon. Last week our heroes through shrubberies had left Nomengard in search of their friends Dazzlin and Norbus, making their way across the hills at the foot of the Sword Mountains, eventually arriving at Axon. As they arrived they came across a rather strange scene. An ogre, two orcs and two humans, all frozen and facing up towards the sky, fear etched in their faces. After a quick perimeter search, our heroes eventually break into the fortress using an arrow slit to sneak in, and then raising the Vortkalis from within. After letting Murkob in, our heroes then followed a trail of blood that they had spotted, eventually leading them down a winding tunnel and into, and into a small opening, where Shrew snuck forward and has witnessed three ghouls feasting upon a dead body. And that's where we're picking up this week. Okay, straight from the get-go, because as you mentioned here on the recap, I had snuck up by myself. My friends aren't that far away, are they? No, they're only about 15 feet away at most. And you mentioned last week that there was a corpse. They were eating a corpse on the floor? Yep. Can I see what kind of humanoid it is? Yeah, you can give me a perception check. 17 total. You continue to peer into this room, focusing on this body, this poor unfortunate soul that these ghouls are ripping into. It's a bit difficult to see in the pitch black, but with your goggles of the night, you can make out some sort of features seems to be a humanoid of medium size, with long hair. But from here, that's about as much as you can see. A dwarves medium creatures? Actually, they are. But this corpse is significantly taller than a dwarf. Okay, it doesn't look like Norbus or Dazzling, then. No. Just a quick reminder as well for our listeners. Fabian is currently of a small size, now that we're talking about size. Having drunk that potion last episode. Yeah, very unfortunate. <laughs> for him. And all of us. Okay, just want to go all out. First chamber, first enemy we meet, all out. I'm not messing around here. You're ripping one of those fireballs off your chain? No, no, not that all out. <laughs> That's reserved for the dragoon. I want to cast Wall of Fire. I want to cast it as a ring around the ghouls. I can cast it as a 20-foot diameter ring. Would that cover the three ghouls that are there? Yes, it would basically cover the entire half of the room that they're in. All right, so I want to do that. I want to cast Wall of Fire as a circle. It's a 20-foot diameter, and they take 5d8 fire damage if they're within its area. The area of the actual firewall, or the Wall of Fire, is of one foot. And I noticed that there were stairs in this room, so I want to try and kind of surround them with a circle. So it's, it'll be a circle wall. I want to surround them, block them off from the stairs, block them off from any exits, really. So they can't run away, the only way they can do so would be through the wall of fire itself. The inside of the wall is the one that radiates the fire damage, so any of them that finish their turn within 10 feet of the firewall will get 5d8 fire damage as well. Okay, so the area you want to cast this on, it won't be a full circle because of the space that's there, so it's more like an arc, which will pin them in to that side of the room that you're looking into successfully blocking the stairs from them. Very good. Okay, so Shrew casts this and these flames suddenly burst into life in this room. You hear these grunts and growls as they suddenly stop tearing flesh, hearing some confused shouts. I'm going to ask you to roll for initiative. I'm going to roll for the three ghouls. I'm going to roll the initiative for all of them at once. So 20 for Shrew. Ooh, starting strong. Mm-hmm. 14 for Fenna. Okay. 12 for Murkob. And Fabian, 7 total. Okay. So top of the initiative then will be Shrew, followed by one of the ghouls, followed by Fenna, followed by another ghoul, followed by Murkob, then the third ghoul, and then Fabian. It's worked out quite nicely. Sort of a one hero, one ghoul 
okay for my turn i want to move backwards with my back against the tunnel still looking into that room and where the wall is i want to ready an action so i want to ready poison spray the cantrip if i see a ghoul running towards me and it's within 10 feet range i want to cast poison spray okay are you doing anything with your bonus action no no that's my turn so it's over to the first of those ghouls he's gonna make a beeline for where he thinks the stairs are and i believe that's automatic damage yeah that's 5d8 fire damage all right here goes here come the five ones well it's one one at least total of 25 damage all right so you just hear these screams and the smell now of burnt flesh being added to the awful stench of death that permeates through this dwarven fortress it's now out of fenner oh shoo what's going on what's fenner doing she can see you with your back against the wall concentrated on holding your action for poison spray did she see me cast the original spell the fire the wall of fire no she wouldn't have seen you do that but i'm guessing that from where she is she can see the light that's coming now from this opening okay and they have seen that spell before so safe to assume that she kind of puts one on one together and figures it out and she's gonna walk up to shrew and see what's going on okay so she moves 15 feet down the tunnel and she's now beside shrew she can see into the room and she can see the arc of fire that you've cast in that room she doesn't know what's within the the wall though He's going to ready her action with a cantrip, Sacred Flame. If she sees anything that would appear to be a threat, trying to attack any of us, she's going to cast it. Okay, so you're both holding your actions in. It's now over to one of the other ghouls. You hear these screams again, the smell of burning flesh, as he tries to run through the wall of fire. Roll those d8s. Let's see if I can top 25 damage. 28 this time. Okay. As before, you hear these screams and more smell of burning flesh. You also hear a thud on the floor, which you should have heard the first time around as well. It's now over to Murkub at the back of the line. Murkub is going to run up to the front of the line, turn the corner in the tunnel to the right and follow Shrew and Fenna and see what he sees. He sees a big old firewall, so he's just going to stay there. Again, he's going to ready his action. If anything... That seems like a threat comes his way. He's going to slash at them with his brand new scimitar of wounding. All right, then. It's over to the third of the ghouls. I'm going to ask you to roll those d8s again. Let's try and beat 28 this time. 32. You're high rolling today. Yeah. What's happened to your curse? The longer the firewall stays up, the hotter it burns, so it does more damage. That's not canon, though. That's uh, just what's happening today, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emerging through the flames, you see this, this pallid, sickly pallor of the ghoul's skin burning as it steps through your firewall. This nightmarish figure, with its eyes devoid of any empathy or humanity, its face contorted in an unholy rage, shrieking out in pain and confusion as it collapses onto the floor in front of you. Yeah. Made short work of those ghoulies. Well, well, you're welcome. I got rid of those ghouls before you could even see them. Nasty lot, I'd say. And as I do that, I stop concentrating on the wall of fire and the flames dissipate, revealing the macabre scenario behind those flames, all those ghouls, burnt to a crisp, I imagine, and that corpse. They sure are. What's going on? I can't see anything. What happened? Well, there were three ghouls jumping on the poor corpse. Oh, not Dazzler and Norbus, please. I, I don't think so. It, it is quite taller than them. But let's carefully investigate. I want to go up to the corpse slowly. Investigating both the ghouls we just defeated, or I just defeated, and the corpse itself. See if I can recognize anything, or if it's anyone that I know, or may have known. Okay, so the ghouls, as you correctly assumed have been burnt to a crisp you can see that there's nothing really of value on them they're just dressed in tatters so you approach the corpse carefully it becomes evident to you that this is an elf do i recognize the elf as one of halia's men you do shit and does the blood trail stop with this corpse you don't see any more blood in this room 
the trail ends with this body. Mm-hmm. Last episode, we stepped on a pool of blood as we came into Axholm. Would it be safe to assume that it was recent blood and this trail and this body has died recently, seen as the blood hadn't kind of dried up? Could I ascertain how long this person has been dead? person would have been dead no more than a day. I'm assuming now that whatever killed it wasn't what dragged it here. Something killed it because it hasn't been eaten. If it were a day old, it would have already been eaten by the by the ghouls. The ghouls were already at it when we came here. I'm assuming the dragging was recent, but maybe just as we came in. And now they were going to feast on it. But it wouldn't make sense that the ghouls were the ones that killed this elf. If not, they would have eaten it as, a, as it died. Or dragged it back a day ago and not recently. So it would have been pretty much been digested at this point. Hmm. Give me a perception check. With shrew? Yes. 17. Okay. As you look around your surroundings, it becomes evident to you that this chamber was once a shrine. As evidenced by wall carvings that depict dwarves carrying censers and observing religious rites. However, the room where the three ghouls were has partially collapsed, filling the area with rubble. You notice here that there are several gnawed bones scattered across the debris. This would appear to you to be a feeding room. Gnawed bones? Yes. Ah, gnawed, as in chewed on. Yes. Right, right. You want to search them, you may? I thought you meant gnawed as a Skyrim race. Oh, <laughs> no. Gnawed as in chewed on. Okay. Yeah, I want to investigate them. Four. They just look like bones to you. Your friends are currently stood at the entrance of this room. And to the far right, as you observed before casting your wall of fire, is a stairwell leading up. And just a reminder to our listeners, and to you in case you'd forgotten, you have Dingle Dick's map. Oh yes, that's right. One other thing, I want to investigate the corpse itself to see if it has any, you know, personal items, trinkets, anything I could save and maybe return to a loved one or something like that. You notice that this corpse has several daggers on a belt, or what remains of a belt coming down the front of his chest, and what tattered remains of his cape and hood are still there. You do see a blood-stained silver leaf brooch. Okay, I want to unfasten the brooch, and I want to take the daggers, put them in my bag. Okay. It would appear that we are a day late. This person could not be saved by a day. Unfortunately, let us hope that Morbus and Dazzling are, are well and have not found the same fate, and that we are not a day late to save them. I fear for them, Shrew. Dazzling and Norbus in a place this quiet. Who would have heard them from Nomengard? Yes, I'm worried too, seeing as Alia's best men did not make it. I don't know if two uh, rotund, noisy, and clumsy dwarves would fare any better. But let's not give up, let's, let's carry on looking and... Let's not lose hope, most importantly. What are those bones everywhere? It's not just the elf. There seems to be bones scattered all over the place on that side of the room. Yes, I saw them. I, I, the bones, I mean, they're just bones. Do you think? Then I want to investigate them. Uh, give me a medicine check, then, with advantage, because Shrew's already looked at them, and you're peering over her shoulder. She's looking at these as well. 19 total. Oh, Shrew. Yes, yes. These appear dwarven to me. What?! No, you... But they're old, surely. These... These... These are more than a day old. They, they don't have a... They don't have any skin on them. Do they look old? Or freshly gnawed off dwarvish bones? Remember, this... This is Axelm. This used to be a, a dwarven fortress. It is... It, it is normal to find dwarven bones here. Only normal, of course, yes. Oh, that's reassuring, true. What was your role? Was it 19, you said? Yes. I, I think you're right. These look significantly older. Yes, of course, of course. They, they seem brittle, perhaps even centuries old. Yes, look. And I bang one on the floor just to prove the point and make sure that they are indeed old. It crumbles to dust. It, it crumbles to dust? Fena, this... Oh, I feel... Yes, yes. I feel the worst, Shrew. Oh, so did I. My heart, it almost jumped out of my, my throat, Fena. Let's keep going. We, we, we can't afford to waste any time. Where are we going, mate? But what? Well, we're going, we're going sightseeing. Where do, where do you think we're going? We're going into the heart of Axon to try and save Lovus and Dazzling. 
What kind of question is that? Well, I, I mean, you've got a map there, so... Oh, yes. Where exactly is it we're going? Oh, sorry. I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit stressed. Well, judging by this map, Murgub, the bottom level here there seems to be at the very far end uh, what would seem to be a kind of altar of, of sorts. It's like an elevated platform, uh, at least from the vague sketch that we have here. I wonder if whatever it is we're looking for... Hold on, hold on, hold on. What we're looking for is novels and dazzling. Let's say they're safe. Let's say that they managed to escape from whatever was trying to follow them or eat them. Where would you, if you were a dwarf, hide? The toilets! The toilets! I've got it! There is a room here that seems to have three shitters with holes in it. Look here. Do you see it? Oh, privies. Yes, privies. There seems to be uh, two more up on the other floor. Oh, correct. Well, let's go to the privies. Let's see if they are hiding there. It would make a good hiding place. Let's go to the one in the bottom floor. Are you all okay with this idea? It seems like a wise place to hide. Yes, indeed. That's possibly, where I would hide. Possibly give you an escape route out as well. That's right, if you're small enough. Pretty horrific one. It's probably better dying in here, to be honest. But, well, let's not make light of this. Let's go to the privies. So I want to go back to the main chamber where we opened the double doors for Murkub last episode. That main hall leads to a corridor that leads to those toilets that we spotted on this map. Pick Nobbers and Dazzling up and get the heck out of here. That's what I want to do. So just to get this straight, you want to go through, or rather backtrack the way you came? That's right. As I step into the main chamber, as we're heading there, I want to always keep hugging the walls. Keep the walls to my right, but I don't want to walk through the chamber itself, through the hall itself. I want to pass by the doors where Murkub was waiting behind, then up again, always keeping the wall to my right, and eventually through the door that leads to that hall before the toilets. Every time I reach the door, I want to say it now, in case I forget later, you know I want to go through the whole process of checking them for traps. Doesn't really matter if it's locked, because once I try to open it, I will eventually find out if it's locked or not. So there's no real reason to check for locks. So you're just checking if they're traps then? Yeah. Okay, and are you doing this, you know, this whole trip there, are you doing this stealthily or are you just walking across? Yeah, as quietly as we can, stealthily. Okay then, give me some blind stealth rolls. We'll say it's just four because Fabian's riding Caspers. They can share a stealth roll. Okay, for your sake, the medium boy is Shrews, the purplish one is Caspers and Fabian's, the green one is Murkub's, easy to remember, green like an orc, and the orange one is Fenner's roll, okay? So I roll all of them at once to save time. And because it feels nicer to roll lots of dice at once. There we go. I'm sure the high rolls today, seeing as I've been rolling high this episode. You now find yourself in front of these double doors that you know lead into the next room beyond which are the previous. Give me an investigation to search for traps. This will be shrewd, doing it? Four. As far as you're concerned, there's nothing wrong with this door. It's perfectly fine, so I just open it up. As you open this door, you find yourself face to face with a ghoul that's incidentally walking in your very direction. Oh, <laughs> what are the chances of that? Damn. I'm going to ask you to roll for initiative. <laughs> okay, here we go. Shu has a total of 10, Murkob 11, Fabian 12, and Fena 7. Okay, I'm going to roll for the ghoul. Okay, so top of the round will be the ghoul. Then Fana, Murgub, Shrew, Favion. Favion. So this ghoul seeing these doors swing open and this halfling stood looking towards him. He's thinking, hmm, a new tasty snack as he starts making his way towards Shrew. Big mistake, ghoulie. Okay, he's going to make an attack with his claws. That's a total of 18 to hit Bastard. Shrew. Bastard. <laughs> First roll of the night. It hits, and that's with my new armor and my new shield, with a 17 AC, and you still hit me. That does shrew for a total of 8 slashing damage. Ooh, nasty. I'm going to ask you to give me a constitution saving throw. Oh no. It's constitution time. Uh. 19 total. You feel this strange energy 
rushing through your bloodstream where the ghoul has slashed you. But you manage to shake it off. Coming from your right, which was outside your field of vision as you opened the door. Oh, damn. A second ghoul. Oh, no. Rushes towards you. And likewise is going to try and take a slash or two with its claws. That's a natural 19. <laughs> so that hits. <laughs> oh, can't believe it. Just to make you laugh a bit, it almost settled on the three. And then it just sort of went clunk onto the 19. You mean laugh or rage? Just to make you <laughs> rage a bit. Well, you've been rolling really high. Actually, I can tell you now that your stealth rolls, just for interest, was a 21 Shrew, a 19 Murkub, an 18 Fenner, and a 16 Fabian. Yet we didn't sneak up on this ghoul. Well, you just <laughs> happened to open the door with him pretty much staring in that exact same direction, so... Talk about, Unfortunate. Talk about bad timing. It's a total of seven slashing damage on Shrew. Oof. And I'm going to need Shrew to give me a constitution time. Constitution time. <laughs> Ooh. Thirteen. Again, you feel this strange energy going through your your body. But you manage to shake it off. Oof. Let's go. So it's a Fenner. Fenner time. Fenner's going to play it cool for now. She's just going to cast a Sacred Flame, use her cantrip, and try and do some damage on one of these ghouls. Which one's she going for? The first one that attacks Shrew or the second? Yeah, yeah. Let's say she fixated on the first one, seeing as it's the first one they saw, and she's going for that one. Okay, here we go. Dexterity saving throw. It's a total of 15. Yeah, he saves, so nada. Nothing. So it's a Murkub. All right, mate. Murkub is going to rush up to those dirty ghouls, and he's going to try and slash one. The one that's closest to him. Put that scimitar to test. Okay, so roll for attack. 15 to hit. Yep, that hits. All right, all right. All right, so that's 1d6 for the scimitar, plus 1d4 for the wounding damage, right? That's correct. Thank you, Anthony. That's a total of 11 damage. That's with the d4 as well? Yeah. Okay, it needs to make a constitution time of its own, which it saves. Obviously. He is no longer wounded. Damn it. Should make thematic sense, given it's an undead. Hmm. With Murkub's turn over, it's now over to Shrew. Alright, I wanna extend my hands towards the damaged ghoul, and I wanna cast a poison spray. Constitution time. Okay. Is it just one, or is it an area effect? It's just one. <coughs> it's a total of eight. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't save. It's 15 to save. So he takes 1d12. But as I am level 5 or over, it takes an extra d12. 2d12 damage. On a cantrip? Yeah. Wow. Wow if you roll high. Well, you've been rolling really high all session. Starting to think those new dice from D&D Adventurer magazine have removed the curse. Yeah, they're nice and yellowy and shiny. Here it goes. 2d12s. Come on, 2d12s. <laughs> a 2 and a 3. So five total damage. My turn now to laugh. <laughs> oh, yes. You notice that it does fuck all to them. Oh, really? Oh, the immune to poison. He's entirely unfazed mm. by this cloud that appears in front of him. Damn. Well, good to know. Good to know. I was kind of hoping you were going to roll two twelves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a way, it's a good thing I rolled low, yeah. Are you doing anything else? No, I'm just staying there. Kind of... Looking at my palms, trying to figure out why this didn't work. It's now over to Fabian, who's riding Caspus, and who can't see anything in the dark beyond Murkub and Shrew that's directly in front of him. You guys are still pitch black here. Fabian wants to do nothing. He can't see. He doesn't know. He hears. He knows where um, the general direction is, but he has no idea what's in front of him. Is he going to light a torch? Yeah, that could be an idea. He's going to take his uh, action to light a torch. Okay, so Fabian's riding on top of Caspus, and he lights this torch. By the gods, what foul creatures! So it's that first ghoul that had slashed a true. This time he's going to try and take a bite out of true. He catches nothing. Oh yes. But air. Oh yes. It's now to that second ghoul. This one's going to go with his claws again. That's a 12 plus 4. 16 total. Oh, that misses Ghoulie. I've got 17 now. Thanks to Anthony. 
Then it's over to Fanna. He's going to stick at it. She's going to cast Sacred Flame on that ghoul again, the one that's damaged by Murkob. Going to try and hit it this time. He fails this time. Yes. That will be 2d8. For a total of 14 damage. This ghoul collapses to the floor. Yes. Good one, Fenna. Is she doing anything else? No, she's staying just as she is. Then it's over to Murkob. Murkob diverts his attention to the other ghoul and is going to try and kill it with his scimitar of wounding. 20 to hit. Yeah, that will do it. Can I go back and rage? <laughs> I keep forgetting. <laughs> There's too many things. He wants to rage and then hit. Okay, yeah, that's fine. With the rage, the wounding and his hit, that would be a total of 14 damage. Okay, it's constitution time. And like his companion, he also saves. So is a shrew. Okay, shrew is going to try poison spray now. He kind of figured out that maybe ghouls aren't affected by poison, so... This time, he's going to cast Speak with Animals. Nah, just kidding. Um, oh, does Healing Wood do the opposite thing to Undead? Does it kill them instead of heal them? You can try. No, let's not, just in case it doesn't. What about... Hmm, gonna knock it. Gonna knock it with my staff. It's been a while. Yeah, since the ogres yeah. all the way back with Big Al. Yeah, so I'm gonna walk up to it. Well, he's right in front of you. Well, okay, so I'm just going to take my staff and hit his head, bonk his head with one hand, whilst I hold the shield on the other. All right, then roll to hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 19 to hit. Yeah, that hits. That's 1d6 minus 1. <laughs> minus 1, seriously? Yeah, 1d6 minus 1. Total of 3 damage. Maybe let's not use the stuff ever again. <laughs> I think that's why you stopped using it. Last time you sort of like tapped the angry ogre on the shin with it. Yeah. Then it's over to Fabian who can now see with the lit torch. Can I do one thing with Shrew with my movement before it's Fabian's turn? You can. Can I go through the door and kind of go behind the ghoul but not leaving its immediate area as to not provoke an attack of opportunity? You may. Okay, having done that, now Fabian has a clear path towards the ghoul. Fabian hops off Caspus with torching hand. Obviously, he'll have had to drop his shield for this. He's probably placed it on Caspus. He's charging towards the ghoul with his dragon slaying sword and stabbing that ghoul. For 22. Yeah, that hits. That's a total of 6 damage. Okay, and roll a d4 as well. That's a 1. So that's a total of 5 damage. 5 damage. Of course, yeah, he's had to stab this on, like, its thigh, because he doesn't reach much higher. He's a short Fabian. Having stabbed him on the thigh, the ghoul almost loses his footing, using a mangled hand to balance himself on Fabian. Fabian has his second attack from the attack action. Oh, yes, that's right. He's going to take a step back, arch his back backwards, and try and slash at the hand that's holding him, the hand the ghoul used to steady himself on Fabian. Alright, roll with advantage. Because you're flanking him with Shrew. 23 to hit. That hits. That's a total of 3 damage. That's with a 4 deducted. I rolled a 4 on the d4. So a total of 3 damage, yeah? Yep. As Fabian slashes at this hand, he just succeeds in cutting it off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Does he fall? Dead? He falls dead. To oh, the yes. Yes. Not bad. Shrew soaked up the damage there. And we didn't spend any more spells, so that's good. Yeah, not too bad. But coming from behind Shrew... Oh, no! You hear a door open. Oh, it's Norbus and Dazzling. No, it's another ghoul. <laughs> oh, shit. It's from one of the doors next to the privy that swings open. This ghoul, having heard the sounds of battle, rushes to join in. The person that he can see closest is Shrew, so he's rushing up to him. He's going to try and slash him with his claws. Yee. Total of 21. No, oh, yeah, that hits. Max damage. That's a total of 10 slashing damage. And I need Shrew to give me a constitution time. That's a total of 9. <laughs> you feel again this strange feeling spreading through your body as your muscles start to spasm, start to foam at the mouth. And before you know it, you're paralyzed. Oh, great. So it's a Fenner. 
Fena seeing this happen is not messing around anymore. She's gonna cast a guiding bolt. At what level? Level two. Okay, roll to hit. Ooh, Fena, you beautiful baby. Natural 20. Fena's not messing around. Nope, nope. As always, the MVP. Okay, then roll for damage. That's 5d6. Oh, the man. Oh, the be a lot of sixes there on the table, son. Well, just two. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming from you, that's a lot. Yeah. Two sixes, a five, a four, and a two. So 23 damage. Fenna seeing shrew spasm and foam in the mouth lets out this scream of rage as she casts a guiding bolt and obliterates the ghoul where he stands. <laughs> Thank you, Fenna. Lovely. I got ghoul bits all over me. Is that it? Or am I going to be surprised by any more ghouls that were taking a, a dump? Well, you don't know yet, do you? You'll have to wait and see. Oh, shrew! Snap out of it! Fabian takes his flask of water and splashes Shrew in the face. Snap out of it, Shrew! Come on! Does that do anything? No. Oh. I don't, I don't think you do that noise when you're paralyzed, but... <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's just roll with it. Kind of reminds me of the... Remember the Wily E. Coyote cartoons with the Roadrunner? Yeah. Kind of imagining him sort of... Or like Tom and Jerry as well. That sort of era of cartoons, like you've just been hit by a rake in the garden as you're yeah. being chased something. <laughs> and you're vibrating, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the image that comes to yeah. mind. Reminded me of Mr. Tumble a bit. Have you seen Mr. Tumble? I know who he is. He's a clown, yeah? Yeah. But no, I've, uh, okay. I, I honestly don't ever want to watch right. that. If anyone's watched it, that's what it reminded me of. After about a minute, True manages to combat the paralysis. Ooh! Is that... It felt very weird. I was making a weird noise, too. I, I don't know what that was all about. But I'm, I'm fine now. I'm fine. I think I was, I was paralyzed. Something similar to that spider back in, in the dwarven ruins. Oh, that was not good. I feel for you, Shrew. Yeah, well, I'm fine now. Let's, let's continue. Good work, guys. You've, we've made short work of these ghoulies. Which one of these three doors is the privy? Oh, the... According to Dominic Dingledick, the one just in front of us. I turn and I look towards the far end of this hall. The main chamber, the one with the columns, is now directly behind us. That's correct. So to your right, you've got a corridor leading towards the front of the fortress where you'd come in from. Similar room that you and your companions had gone through on the other side. It's almost like a mirror image, this little piece of the dwarven fortress. But you can see that there's a door to your right as well which leads to a small room on your map. You've got the privies directly in front of you, flanked by a room either side. A larger one, a slightly smaller one. The door to the larger one is left open, which is where the third ghoul, which joined the battle, came from. Okay, we're very quietly still going to go towards the toilets. Okay, you're stood in front of the door. I want to check that for traps, as, as usual, and then open it very, very carefully and slowly. As you look at this door... Slightly ajar, it doesn't seem to be trapped here. Yeah, who, who would trap a toilet? That would be that would be cruel. Yes, actually that reminds me of the old cling film on the toilet bowl <laughs> prank. <laughs> Not a nice one. <laughs> no, I got into some pretty severe trouble once for that. I'll leave that story for the Into the Studio episodes on yeah. Buy Me A Coffee. Anyway, yeah, I want to open the door, push it open slowly, looking around, see that no one jumps me, and go in. So yeah, you open this door carefully. Do ghouls poo? Like, do ghouls go to the toilet? Is that a thing? Because if they eat what they eat, they must kind of get rid of somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. But do they go to the toilet? Is that why these guys were in here? Or do they just go in the middle of a chamber, wherever it is they are? Like animals? Well, you haven't seen any of them walk out from the privy. Oh, right. Cool. You saw one in, the, in this hall corridor area before, and then there was another one that joined the battle from the longer corridor to the right, and then the third one came out from the room to your immediate right now as you're looking into the privies. Okay, so maybe there's one in here taking a shit right now. Quite possibly. <laughs> Surprise! You right. see in front of you these three tattered wool curtains concealing what you're assuming are these privies. Okay. Yeah, like for our listeners, what I see is a little room with kind of black circles 
behind these squiggly lines, which are the curtains that Nick just described. So I'm imagining those circles are the shitholes, where you kind of hover over as best you can and try and be accurate enough and drop a bomb into the hole. So yeah, I wanna I wanna go in. Does does it look clean enough? Like I know they're ruins, but you know there's no blood or gunk or anything on the floor. There's nothing on the floor here. Okay. You don't hear anything. You don't smell anything other okay. than the stench of death, which is all around you anyway. Okay. So I wanna kind of, you know how you do when you go into a public restroom and not sure if to push the door open. You kind of crouch down a bit and check if you see any legs. Yeah. I wanna do that. So yeah, you bend down as far as you can, peer under the curtains, one by one. You don't see any feet there. Okay, so I want to start opening those curtains, see what I find there. Hopefully, well, Nobus obviously and Dazzling are not here. You pull back that first one. Nothing but a hole in the stone. <laughs> pull the second one, the same again. Okay. Pull the third one. You appear to see this these pair of hands holding what looks like a newspaper <laughs> with a cartoon <laughs> section. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. Uh, I'm so sorry. I should have knocked. You see this ghoul with his glasses on the tip of his nose or what's left of it doing a crossword. <laughs> I, I close the curtain. <laughs> I'm just messing. No, it's, it's completely empty. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, okay, I, I wonder, like, if I turned into a rat and went down that hole, I wonder what kind of episode this would turn into. <laughs> Quite a shitty one. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it seems that Norvus and Dazzling are nothing here. That would be a good thing, given the three ghouls that were around here. Mm. I wonder, should we split up? Or well, that would probably be the worst idea ever. Well, we've only got one copy of the map. Mm. Well, yes, that's right. But we could keep in contact with those stones. I could keep feeding you the information so that you don't get lost. I wonder if perhaps we'll find them sooner and avoid them actually dying. What if we get caught by ghouls or that banshee's roaming the halls? Is it wise to split up? That's the problem. That's why I'm a bit hesitant. But I'm worried. I'm worried that we'll take too long. These halls are very, very big. I guess there's no other choice than to search every single room. There's two doors right here and a third one a bit further down. Let's start through there. Let's start through the door that the ghoul came out from. The one that's open. The one I exit the, the previous. And on the left, there should be a door, an open door. That you mentioned led to a bigger room, the one the ghoul exited. I want to search that room. Again, all of this trying to go as quietly as possible. As I approach the door, you know I want to peek in, not just walk into the room. Peek in, see if I see any other ghouls or ghosts or banshees or whatever it is. Alright, give me a stealth check with advantage and we'll say it's for the party. In order to avoid rolling after every room you've been into. To avoid rolling so many dice. Okay, that's a one and a two. Can I re-roll the one? Because of shoe? Or what? Okay, I'll say you can. Good. <laughs> Bit better, to a 14 total. Okay, so you peek in through this door. You see dozens of meager cots lying scattered around the floor. In the center of this room, you see a pair of fireplaces which stand cold and dark. They're rubble-choked chimneys rising around 120 feet through the mountain. Oh, sure, this must connect to those chimneys that Fenner and I spotted before. This chamber seems to have been a, a bedroom of sorts. Quite a cozy one, judging by those two fireplaces. Can I make a quick investigation check around this room, see if I see any information, anything I find? Okay, roll for investigation then. 13. As you're generally searching around this room, it's quite a large room, you notice that at the end of each of these cots, or beds, for want of a better word, appears to be old, decaying wooden trunks. You also see a couple of long, rusted weapons. This to you would seem rather like a barracks. Hmm, this seems like a, rather like a barracks. There's no sign of Dazzle Nobles here either. No, no, this is of no use. Let's keep going. So I want to carry on out the door again. In front of me now, there should be another entrance, another door. Want to check for traps, as per usual, and carry on in. Quietly opening the door, trying to peek in, you know, being cautious. As you stand in front of this door, you also notice it's slightly ajar. It doesn't seem to be trapped to you. Is it a door or is it ajar? You're, you're confusing me. It's a door. It's <laughs> slightly ajar. <laughs> Alright, so it's... I'll, I'll push it open. That was a dad joke there. Yeah, yeah. I, I got it. <laughs> 
You find yourself looking into a room that's 20 foot wide by 25 long. Standing before two blackened hearths are a pair of rusty anvils. Give me a perception check. 19. As you're getting your bearings, you know that there's a door to the far left of this room. But as you're looking around, you're hearing almost this fluttering sound coming from one of the fireplaces in this room. Like a bird fluttering? Like an animal with wings? Something that's got wings or scurrying perhaps in the chimney. Shh, shh, shh. Quiet, quiet down, quiet down. You don't think it could be, you don't think it could be Dazzle or Norbus, do you? Will they fit up a chimney? Do, do they have oh. wings? I hear like the distinct flutter of wings. Shh. Maybe it's one of those birdies I found in Nomengard. Oh, Tinkle looks birds. Yes, yes. Let me go check. Wait here by the... Shall he come with me? But let's tread carefully. I want to walk up to that sound, see what I see. So you're peering into this chimney, yeah? Yes. As you look up, you see three rather strange tiny beasts. They almost look like these macabre mosquitoes. Oh, shit. Back it up. Let's, let's back it up. Let's back it up. All this you're saying quietly, yes? Yes. They flutter around in there, but they don't seem to have taken any notice of you. Let's not disturb these weird-looking mosquitoes. You know what a normal one does to you? Keep quiet, boys. Let's go to the room. And I stop talking and start pointing towards the room at the far end. Or the room on the left. And I start walking that way. Again, this door is slightly open. You can peer in and see that this seems to be some sort of an old storeroom. There's a number of tools hanging from hooks along the wall. They look a bit rusty, but seem to be in serviceable shape. A couple of pickaxes, shovels, chisels. Yeah, mining tools. Okay, I don't want to touch anything. I don't see anything else of note in this room, right? Nothing of note here. Okay, I want to turn around. I want to exit this room. I want to go back to the main hall. The one where we came from. The one with the four pillars? Yep. Again, I want to hug the walls. This time on my left. I want to go down towards the walls where Murkob first came in through. Where we opened the portcullis. I want to go through those doors. I want to get the fuck out of here. (laughs) 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 Nah, I'm joking. So I want to stay behind those walls. I want to close these walls and I want to talk to... I want to kind of regroup, rethink this. And I want to talk to my friends here. Is that fine? We make it all the way? Yeah, you make it there without any issues. Okay. Listen, seeing those macabre-looking mosquitoes gave me an idea. How tall are those ceilings here? The ceilings in Axel? Yeah. They're about 15 feet high. I was thinking, what if I turn into a bat? You know, bats have an echolocation. If you know anything about animals, they don't don't see in the dark, but they manage pretty well in it. But what's that going to tell you that you don't already know? Well... We already have a map. I find an orbis and dazzling. And how are you going to get through doors? Most of them are open. By by the looks of it. And if not, at least perhaps I can echolocate them. And see where they are. Maybe find clues that we're taking too long going from room to room walking. Perhaps as a bat, I could spot them quicker. And then we regroup. And then we know exactly where we have to go. Perhaps I find some valid clues that lead us in the right direction. Oh, sure. I'm not sure about you going off all on your own in this this large forsaken fortress. Uh, I know, for now it's, it's not ideal. and I'm not too sure myself, but... If we can expedite things this way, then all the better. I'm, I'm worried that Norvus and Dazzling will meet the fate of that poor elven person back there. We're taking too long, and there's a lot of rooms to explore still. If I, I can at least deduct some of them from our search, perhaps it'll be quicker. And if I can pinpoint exactly where they are, then all the better. I will try to head to the chamber in front of us. The one in the bottom floor, the one that seems to have a altar in this map. It's just two doors away from us, but who knows what we find there. If I can go up and around and down the stairs on the opposite side, perhaps I can go undetected through the tunnels where we first killed those ghouls with the wall of fire. Or do you just want to walk through? I'm not sure. What do you think, Fabian? You can get some intel on what to expect. Could be valuable. Pretty dark here, and if you're flying around shouldn't be too much of a risk, I guess. Then it is settled. First, I, I, I want to explore the, the room above us. If you open these double doors for me, I should be able to, from the main hall, with the pillars, go up towards it. 
and into it through some slits I saw there earlier. Please be careful, Shaw. I will. I will take the stone of sending. If anything happens, I'll let you know where I am. Don't worry. You guys wait here. Open the double door for me, if you please. Oh, I can do it myself. Don't worry. So I open the door. Once I'm through the door, I close it. And then there, in the main chamber with the pillars, I want to turn into a bat. Your first use of a wild shape with flight. Oh yeah, that's right. Bat true. You're now this small, flying mammal. Okay, I'm going to make you give me a blind stealth roll for you to flutter around as a bat. Just to let our listeners know, you have one HP in this form. Do I do so with advantage because I have those boots? Yeah, stealth checks that rely on moving silently, you have advantage on. Obviously, the second part of it isn't applicable, which is that your steps make no sound. So you're flying and not using your feet. Okay, so I'm going to roll with advantage. So with that, I want to fly up and head into the chamber that was above the portcullis through some slits that I saw there at the top. Some arrow slits. Let's see what I can echolocate. So you fly upwards. Which one of the arrows let's say you're going through? The middle one. As you fly into this middle one, using your echolocation and your blind sense, you find yourself in this large chamber, which you see contains many former defensive measures. You also sense what appears to be large pots or large cauldrons. But more worryingly for you, you notice that there are several giant spiders and thick cobwebs extending from floor to ceiling. Oh shit! I want to get out of here through the same crack I just came in through. As you're fluttering back in through the crack, you notice that some of the spiders turn and you see their pairs of eight eyes looking towards you. They don't give chase though as you go back through the same gap you've come through. Okay, let's avoid that. <laughs> let's avoid that chamber. In that very quick inspection, I didn't get an echolocation of a dwarf, right? No. Okay, maybe something we need to check, but not as a bat. You can go back and do a proper investigation if you want. I just narrated what you saw as you went in. Yeah, no, no. Let's not tempt fate. If we go back, it'll be with the whole of the group. I want to now then go back down to the main hall where the pillars were. Through the doors on my left, the one that leads to the tunnel where we killed those first ghouls. Through those tunnels, up the stairs to the second hall where the spiders were, let's say. Sorry, the second floor where the spiders were. Yeah. At the opposite side, obviously, of the of Axel. Then to my left, there should be like a L-shaped, some stairs, L-shaped stairs. That's correct. When I go down those stairs, that should lead to this kind of area, which for me seems like, from what I saw on the map, like an altar of sorts. Now, I'd like to say that as I'm doing this, I'm flying as high as I can. I want to kind of stick to the ceiling. As you go up that flight of stairs, before turning to your left, you sense this crouched figure to your immediate right, which turns its head to look towards you. You see his glowing eyes looking up. It appears to be one of those ghouls. His interest isn't held though, as he continues on his way, shuffling down the corridor. Okay, I take note of that ghoul and I continue down the left towards that L-shaped stairway. Again, as you fly down, see another one of these figures punched down, shuffling down the stairs rather aimlessly. As you then go down the second flight of stairs, you come across yet another one of these shapes. These figures that to you seem like a ghoul. Except this one seems different. Whilst it's got a hunched appearance, it also appears to have what seems like a cloak to you. A sophisticated ghoul. And a scimitar in one of his hands. Oh shit. Is this scimitar familiar to me? In this form, you can just sort of see the shape and not enough detail to know whether you've seen this scimitar before. But it, it does strike you as odd that so close to a ghoul there appears to be this hunched over figure with a scimitar in hand. None of the other ghouls you've seen had weapons. But in this shape, am I sure that this is a ghoul, or could I be kind of wondering if it might be some other creature? The posture is ghoulish, but the shape seems different to the ones you've seen. I can't tell if it's undead, if it's a ghoul, if it's a human, if it's living. Can I, like, focus on this thing I've seen? Maybe try and make a perception investigation check or something? You'd have to get closer, so you can get some sort of detail with the limited eyesight that a bat would have. Okay, I wanna try to ignore that as best I can. Fly past those stairs, keeping as high as I can, and see if I see anything else in this room. As you continue into this room, you do notice that each of these creatures that you've flown past 
They all tilt of their heads in your direction. In this room, the stench of death hangs heavy in the air. This is a dusty pillared hall, which has a dark soot-stained fireplace in the eastern end, and a deep alcove in the south wall. It contains a dais, atop which rests a limestone throne, flanked by statues of dwarven warriors. What's your passive perception as a bat? You don't know, huh? Okay, that's an 11. What exactly is it you're doing here? At the moment, I've got you bang in the middle of this room, fluttering around and looking, getting your bearings. Well, I want to see if Norbus and Dazzling is here, primarily, and if not, if I can see any clues, or if from here there's any openings which I can access as a bat. There are a number of doors in this room, two sets of double doors and two single doors either side of this room. They all seem closed. There's no sign of your dwarven companions here. What is Shrew, Batru doing? I want to fly a bit closer, even if it's still close to the ceiling, but I want to fly like above the throne that you said, the throne you mentioned. See if there's anything there behind the statues, anything there. As you fly towards the throne, you do sense with your blind sight another ghoul hiding behind the throne. This one seems smaller, almost dwarven sized. It appears to be clutching an axe in his hand. Oh my, ready for action. And again, I sense it's a ghoul. Yes. You see that it's looking up towards you. We're too late. Give me a perception check. 16. As you're fluttering above this smaller ghoul, with your echolocation and your blind sight, you get a sense that it's got several chains hanging around its neck. It's a captive ghoul. Oh my dear lord. Okay, where is that weird looking ghoul? I, I don't sense anything else here, right? No. Alright. Where is that weird ghoul, the one with the scimitar? Right now. The one with the scimitars shuffling towards the northern side of that room. Okay, a few things. So, these doors that were closed, do they have any gaps above or below them? Or are they flush with the ceiling and the floor? These ones are flush to the ceiling. Or, or rather, to the door frame on the floor. There's a tiny gap that, you know, insects could possibly get through, but certainly not a bat. Okay. I want to hang upside down on the ceiling. So I want to hang onto the ceiling with my legs. Okay. I want to hold on for a little bit. See where that weird ghoul with a scimitar walks towards. You perch upside down and observing him. He's slowly doing a perimeter walk around this long wide room. As I see him doing that perimeter walk, is he kind of staying on the on the floor below the dais? Or is he going up towards the dais, looking behind the throne, behind the statues? No, he's just going round. And how far is like the the statue, the back of the statue to where the dwarf ghoul is chained? Sorry, just to clarify, it's not chained to the statues, it's wearing a number of chains around its neck. Oh, it's not chains to anything. It's wearing chains. Oh, shit. Elgido Asfrada. It's Elgido Asfrada. Oh, so that's the guy that locked himself in here. Quite possibly. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. But he was chained. Oh, I see. You thought this was Dazzle Novus. Maybe, yeah. It might be. No, it's Elgido Asfrada. The one that trapped himself and and he's obviously turned into a ghoul. Hmm. Okay, okay. Okay, I, I want to move from here. I want to go back up the stairs I came down from. Okay. If I make it to the top without issues, I want to go down the corridor this time. Yep. The one I saw the ghoul shuffling through. Do I see any more ghouls there or just that one? Still shuffling through the corridor. Just that one. Do I sense if any of those doors that, that are leading to other rooms across this corridor? Do I sense if any of them might be slightly open? The first one to your immediate left is... Okay. Can I fit through it? Through the door? I'll say there's a, g- a gap small enough that you can get through. But if you want to do so quietly, I'll ask for a acrobatics check. Okay. Ten total. Okay, I'll say you manage to squeeze through. You find yourself inside this 20 by 15 foot room that has three more of these creatures in it. They just seem to be slumped against the walls, not really moving. But you can sense that they're alive. Okay, I get out of there through the same door. I remember correctly this corridor also led to some uh, lavatories, some privies. That's correct. That door is closed, I imagine. Yep. 
And to my right, as I'm going down this corridor, there should be slits on the wall. That's correct, yeah, there's three slits. Which leads back to the main chamber with the pillars. That's correct. Okay, so I want to go through one of those slits and down to the main hall. You do so without any issues. You're now inside this main hall again. I want to fly up to the door, the double doors, where my friends are hiding behind, waiting behind. Yep. Drop my phone, open the doors. Well, I, I am back. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. So relieved to see you. It's okay. I, unfortunately, I didn't find Norbers and Dazzling, but... Oh, no. No, but I did sense more ghouls and some strange ghouls. Strange in what sense? Well, strange in that one of them was carrying a cape and a scimitar. Yeah, that is strange. None of the other ones we've seen had any weapons. Mm. And the other one was a dwarf. <gasps> a dwarf? Shaved like a dwarf, at least. Oh, no, is that Dazzling or Norbus? It, it's what I thought originally, but I did sense it had certain amount of chains around its neck. Similar to the stories Norvus and Dazzling told us about Elkiru Masvradar. Didn't... Didn't a dwarf stay behind to protect Axelm of the Banshee or some sorts? Something like that. Yeah, something like that sounds familiar. Although well, knowing these dwarves and the love for treasure, I just hope they haven't found the chains and now that's one of them. No, I... I they, they, they are historians. They, they wouldn't tarnish legends like that. I'd, I don't think they'd wear chains. If they weren't Elkiru Masvradar, obviously those those are meant for me. In that room, there the were certain rooms I couldn't access. The, the doors were closed, you see. Above us, there's also a chamber with spiders. Big spiders. Oh, no, it's too soon for me for spiders mm, again. Yes. I got out of there quickly, so I couldn't really see if, if Norvus and Dazzling are there, but I think we perhaps should investigate those, those ghouls, those strange-looking ghouls, a bit further. Listen, Thavian... Do you remember what Halia's men looked like? Obviously we know the poor elf is already gone. But do you remember the other one? It was a human, wasn't it? Yes, it was a human. Did he carry a scimitar? Aye, he did. And did he wear a cape? Well, in this sort of weather, I would imagine he would have carried a cape with him. Hmm. I'm afraid, perhaps, Halia's friend has been turned. I don't know what this works like, if it's a cure that can be cursed, similar to were-rats. I don't know, but it would seem that the ghoul is one of Halia's men. That's not good. It does not bode well for Dazzler Norbus. Hmm, at all. And if he was caught there, perhaps Dazzling and Norbus was with them. Or with him. But I didn't find any corpses, I didn't find any other ghouls other than that dwarven-looking ghoul with, with chains. So there's still hope. Maybe. And maybe they're in that direction. If that's the last known whereabouts of Halia's friend, then perhaps Norvus and Dazzling are hiding in one of those other chambers. The ones next to them. I think we should go there first. At least we know what to expect. In the floor above that chamber, there's a bunch of rooms and a corridor. There were around four ghouls in those chambers and and corridor that I saw, so we have to be careful. But the doors leading towards where I found these ghouls, the, the weird-looking ones, Halia's ghoul, I don't know what's there. I couldn't open the doors, so we must tread carefully. Alright, that, that we should, mate. I'm ready to go when you are. Let's go, then. So you're going through the first set of double doors? Before we get there and open them, I want to tell Fabian. Perhaps, Fabian, I know you can't see it in the dark, but perhaps... I've got this torch. Yes, yes, perhaps turn it off. They'll see us coming a mile away. What use am I going to be with the lights out? Well, if we need to fight, maybe light it up again, but we can surprise them. Maybe we have an advantage. How are we going to surprise them bursting through the front door? We open it carefully. I mean, similar to what I did to the last group, where I cast the Wall of Fire. We sneak up to the door, open it carefully. There's enough for sight and enough for someone to cast a spell through it. Maybe we can have a, a surprise attack. All right, then. Just ride Caspers until you need to fight yourself. I want to check the doors, as I've been saying, for traps and all that. And we want to go in stealthily. Again, judging from the map, which I'm now seeing again, I do notice that in the chamber we're about to go into, to the left and the right, the slits as well. That's correct. So yeah, being a bit careful about that. All right, give me stealth checks blindly, please. Okay, stealth rolls are done. You now before this first set of double doors. 
that leads into a small room, flanked either side by arrow slits. You check the doors you've been doing so far. No signs of any traps. Also, I'd like to say that as we open the doors, I don't want to just, like, you know, kick the door open. And obviously it depends on what we rolled for stealth, but I would like to always try and crack it open, peek through it, see what I see before we actually go through. As you carefully open the set of double doors, it groans incredibly loudly. You find yourself inside this room. It's completely empty, other than the two arrow slits on either side of it. Alright, so clearly we're not being stealthy at all. But we hope that perhaps the ghouls don't really care for creaking noises in a dark, derelict stronghold. So we want to lay low right now, you know, like are the slits on either side kind of halfway up? Or do they reach to the very bottom of the ground? They're about mid-height. With your darker vision you can get a glimpse of ballistas positioned in front of each of them. Like on the other sides of the room, right? Not where we are? Ballistas? Yeah, that's correct. Right. Pointing into this room. Into this room, okay. But we want to kind of lay low. We don't want to pass in front of possible ballista fire. (laughs) I don't know if ghouls operate ballistas or if they are operational at all. But we don't want to be spotted if there's anything in those rooms. But I do want to kind of get close to the slits themselves and check inside those rooms, see if I see anything in there. What order are you doing these in? Well, I'll be in front. Sorry, I mean, what order are you checking these slits oh, in? Oh, right. Well, according to the plans here, there seems to be a certain order. So the first one on the right is would be first, because they're kind of staggered, these yeah. slits. I want to do the first one on the right, then move diagonally towards the one on the left, then diagonally again to the right, and lastly, the last left one, moving diagonally. Okay, so you check that first one. And other than the ballista, you don't see anything in this room. You then go to the left, peek in for that gap. You don't see anything other than a ballista again. You go back to the other wall. From this vantage point you can see the rest of the room, but again other than the ballista that you're seeing, it's otherwise empty. As you now approach this fourth of the arrow slits, you peer through, and you're met with a gaze of a pair of glowing blue eyes, this mouth filled with razor-sharp teeth, drooling as it opens its maws and lets out this guttural cry. <laughs> And that's where I'm going to call it a session. Damn it. We were spotted. <laughs> Damn it. That's twice in this episode that you've sort of peeked through or opened the door and been spotted. Yeah, imagine that he heard me as I opened the door and he was aware that something had come in through that direction and into that chamber. And he was just peering outside, seeing what it saw. Mm. We'll have to see what happens next week. But if you want to hear us talk a little bit more about today's episode, head on over to www.i2td.com and follow the links there to our Buy Me A Coffee page, where by subscribing to one of our membership tiers, you can gain access to exclusive, bite-sized little podcast episodes where we go over the sessions that we've just played. Also, in Buy Me A Coffee, you can make one-off donations, be it potions or items that you can find in our shop, Items that represent in-game items that our characters get. And in that way, you're helping us with the podcast and also participating in the show directly and appearing in our world. You can make a difference in our sessions. If you do donate, we'll give you a shout-out on X, on Buy Me A Coffee itself, and here on the podcast. So thank you very, very much. If you can't donate monetarily, do not worry. You can still help us tremendously If you rate, like, subscribe, all these things, go to your podcast player of choice, find us there, give us a five-star rating, a good rating, give us a good review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like our videos there, all that you can do, share with friends, all that you can do helps us tremendously, and we are forever grateful for that. That we are, and if you fancy coming and dropping by and saying hello, follow the link to our Discord channel as well. Yeah, we hang out there every day, and we also have a little session going, a little TTRPG text-to-play RPG, currently the Sunless Citadel, we're playing that module. Mm, If you want to hear more about that, like I said before, head on over to i2td.com and follow the links to our Buy Me A Coffee page. Yeah, that's right. So this brings us on to the last one standing, the end of the episode club. Yeah, you know what to do. Normally, I've been saying who won last week's last one standing with which comment won and reading the comment. 
But we cannot do it this time round because this is the second recording we do this week. It's the month of October and it's... What day is it? It's the 29th. The 29th of October. Although so. we started recording on the 28th. All right. So, yeah. It's a Saturday where we're recording and basically the, the episode that contains last week's password hasn't yet aired. So, you know, we're just building a little bit of a cushion with episodes here so we don't have the winner from last week oh uh, but we can still give you the password for this episode that we can do you have the password yes i do well let us know this week's password is pain in the neck Ooh, because because you're a bat oh <laughs> <laughs> and it's like halloween <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah good good yeah i was thinking like did a did a ghoul bite me on the neck i was kind of no, you were you were slashed, weren't you? Yeah, I was slashed. Yeah, with a oh, they tried to bite me. That's the, that's that was it. They tried to bite me, but they missed. Yeah, that as well. Pain in the neck. Pain in the neck. The bats and the ghouls are a pain in the neck as well. It's full of them, Axel. Yeah, quite a few spiders as well. And mm. and where's the banshee? Damn. No sight of one yet. Damn it! But anyway, you know what to do. Insert that password in a comment anywhere you like, anywhere you can find us. X. Um, Discord, podcast players of choice. You insert the comment, we decide which one we like best. And you compete for the esteemed title of The Guillermas Verada. That's right. And we'll put your comment there in one of our channels in Discord forever and ever. And without further ado then, I think it's time to bid you farewell. We thank you again for tuning in this week. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. A bit different compared to... So many roleplay ones that we've had in the last few weeks. A change of pace and change of ambiance. Yeah. And for those members of our Buy Me A Coffee, we'll see you tomorrow. Hope you enjoy our Into The Studio tomorrow as well. Yeah, so hope you join us next week as we delve into, into the, the dungeon. dungeon.